0: Getting your sexual groove back after divorce on episode number 33 of the Get Divorce Without Getting Screwed podcast. Welcome back to the show. My name is John Machlinger, the men's divorce planning coach. I am a recovering divorce attorney and the founder and head coach of Divorce Shield, the only company exclusively devoted to training men how to plan for and crush divorce. You can find out more about us and join our men's divorce support community for free at thedivorceshield.com. Today, my guest is Beverly Perryman, AKA Spice Island Girl. She is a certified sexologist and a sexuality coach. She helps clients rediscover their sex life and reignite passion in their relationships. You can find out more about her at SpiceIslandGirl.com and follow her on Instagram at SpiceIslandGirl_BP. And I just spent a lot of time on her Instagram page. It's got lots of great stuff there. Thank you for being here today, Beverly. Thank you
1: for having me, John. Of course. Perfect.
0: So our viewers might be wondering why have a sex expert on a show about planning for divorce, but I really feel that that part of getting divorced is recognizing mistakes that were made and then not making them again in the next relationship. And I also hope that some people will be able to take steps to save their current marriage which I know is what you really like to do is to try to help people uh, save their marriages. So I'm sure there's gonna be a little something for everyone in our conversation today. So let's get to the basics. What in the world is a sexologist? Cause I will tell you, I'd never heard of one before I met you.
1: Actually sexologists, I have helped people revitalize their sex life, um, bring intimacy back into the relationship. Um, a therapist, deal with the past. Sexologists, we deal with it now. We coach, you know, the issues that happen now. We don't go back into your childhood and fight. What happened 50 years ago? We wanna know what happened now in your relationship, in your marriage that causes you to want to get a divorce. And my philosophy is call me when you smell the smoke, not when the house burned up. It's harder to build it back.
0: That is a, that's a good saying. I really like that. So at what point or how close to um, divorce do people typically finally come to you for help?
1: They usually wait till it falls apart. And by then it's harder to mend it back together. But the thing is both party has to be willing to want to build back that relationship. The other thing that i find is outside interference has a great influence on divorce for the reason is people always say if i were you i would do this whereas you really want to save your marriage but because of your outside influence you just go ahead and say you're worried about what your family's going to say what your friends are going to tell you especially if it's something that they really don't approve of and if they're not particularly front of your partner, then they're great influence on helping you destroy your marriage.
0: I see. Well, that makes sense. Well, how'd you get into this business?
1: I was a consultant selling toys. And while I was doing this parties, and I'm hearing the different things that women say about their marriage. Some women, their husband never saw them naked. They don't sleep together. and they expect the marriage to stay together and the husband not to cheat on them so i said i cannot sell a woman another toy without education so i went online and i was looking up sex education and i saw sexologists and i was like okay what did i do so when i read what it does it's like oh wow that is me i have to educate women in building the relationship because i just believe that you have to you got married to stay together for better or worse. So you have to make every effort to build your marriage. So here uh, I am, a certified sexologist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I feel like we could have an entire show, Beverly, on discussing these sex toy parties that you used to do. <laughs> well, at least it got you to where you are right now, which is, which is really good. Absolutely. Um, so you, So you help all different kinds of people, um, but who primarily are you dealing with? What are the kinds of people and what are their issues that they're having? I mean, obviously intimacy is sort of, or lack of sex is probably just a very generic um, reason, but what are some of the specific things that you've seen from the people that come through your door that they're having that are leading to them having these um, sexual issues with their partner?
1: Well, one of the main one is lack of communication. I don't think enough couples talk about what they want in sexual intimate relationship. I think we, their women, especially are afraid to communicate that to their husband, afraid of being judged like, Oh, where did you learn this from? Why do you want to do this? And then what I hear from a lot of men is before I marry her, had sex whenever i wanted to anytime any place and after they get married then it becomes once a week once a month and then it becomes to just like as we pass them in the hallway maybe next month you know so and i think that was the main thing and the other thing is that they haven't discussed they want and don't want in a relationship and thinking because what turns you on sexually may not turn the other person off. And I'll tell you the biggest kicker, body odor. Really? (laughs) Yes. A lot of women feels that, and I don't think they're, they don't communicate it to their partner or they just say in a way that it may sound demeaning. Because if I say to you, oh, you need to take a bath, you feel insulted. Where I says, you know, honey, we're going to make love tonight. Um, I'd like to shower first and do that. But a lot of women feel that he comes in from work smelly, use the bathroom all day long, and you just want to jump in bed with me. And I think that's the biggest turnoff is what I'm hearing.
0: Wow. I mean, that's, I actually never thought about it like that, but that's, that's absolutely um Makes sense, of course. I would never think of having sex with that before taking a shower, but I guess there's a lot of guys out there that do. Um, so what about, what about sex drive? I mean, that's, that's gotta be a big problem, particularly as people get older.
1: Definitely, and that's the other thing, because women go through so much. After giving birth, your body changes, although though, some women use that as an excuse but your body changes you go through menopause our body's constantly changing and i don't think that men understand what women go through then you have your menstrual every month that's for some people it's a strain you know the mood change up and down you're angry and um the other thing about that is that Women are afraid to say that to their husbands because you're afraid that he's going to go out with somebody else, have an affair. But those are the issues that causes it because you're not having the communication with them. And then there's the I don't care what your issues are. I had a guy said to me that if I was married, I'd have to have sex whenever I wanted to, no matter how she felt and i thought that was like crazy so i had to explain to him But well, do you understand the things that women go through just giving birth in itself is trauma you know and then from that you have to go to we go through menopause that's another thing that hot flashes the mood swing the i don't want you to touch me today and those are all the things that good communication you're able to explain that in a way that your husband will understand since we're basing around men. So I have to say that, you know, we have to let them understand. And he has to also be able to understand and be sympathetic towards the feelings of the woman, his wife.
0: Well, what about the other way around? Have you, what about, um, have you seen situations where it's the man that has low sex drive and their wife is the one with the that really wants to have sex often
1: yes definitely the thing is though because men definitely most of them will not communicate that to their wives and that's an avoidance of int- having intimacy because some men have prostate issues and that's why a lot of men die from cancer because they are too ashamed or too embarrassed. To let the wife know I'm having these issues. So,
0: I cannot agree with you more. I mean, I mean, Beverly, that's why, that's why. I mean, the thing about therapy, you can't get a lot of guys into therapy because they, they feel so ashamed and they feel they 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 don't want to
1: be perceived
0: matters. as having something wrong with them. I can only imagine how difficult it is to get one of them to come see you unless they're being dragged by their wife. Do you have many guys that just come to you that don't have their wives in tow?
1: And only if they complain about their wives and leave themselves out. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's all—it's always easier to blame the other person. So that's why with couples, I like to get both of them together.
0: Okay, well that. And, uh,
1: and not sharing information because you know, as a lawyer. It's not, he said this, she said that. I only communicate what I get permission from the other spouse to communicate. You no,
0: know that, it's almost like you're acting as a mediator in some in some ways too, between, between the two of them. Um, so do you only deal with married couples or do you also just, do you deal with people in re- just relationships where they're not married?
1: Not married, singles. Singles have to prepare for that relationship also. Especially yeah. if you've been in a relationship that didn't work, you have to be prepared for your next relationship.
0: Yeah, so. absolutely. Mm. Go ahead.
1: So, um, the thing is that because always that uh, we quick to women, especially we always say what the men don't do. But when you hear both sides, you hear from the men's perspective, what the woman don't to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's always I two mean, sides, right? <laughs> I, need hear, I need to hear both sides and then you know formulate what makes sense, you know?
0: Yeah, I want to get into um, in a minute exactly what it is you do. Um, mm-hmm. before we get to that, you know, we've been talking about the types of people that um, you can help. What would you miss what would you say from where you sit are the top mistakes? that you see people making with intimacy during their marriage?
1: Well, like I said, the number one is the communication.
0: And just, okay. Um,
1: Right, that's the the top. The other one is being selfish. Selfishness is (laughs) way in the top of that list. Um, Especially though with the female, the wife you know um not today i have to take care of the kids oh i have a headache oh i work all day and just putting it off so the thing is as a married couple you have to schedule that time of intimacy you know it's just like you get up and go to work it's the same thing with intimacy you have to schedule that i mean you could do sporadic but you have to have a time for your husband
0: yeah, I, I <laughs> I've heard a lot of people talk about scheduling, you know, uh, sex, and um, you know, it doesn't sound very romantic to do to do that. But you're absolutely right. If you don't make the time for it, it's one of the easiest things to just not happen. Um, because by the time you get to the end of the day, it's easy just to fall asleep the second your head hits the pillow. Right?
1: Exactly. The other thing is um, expecting your partner to be, your yes, husband, your wife, to be a mind reader. Sometimes, you know, that um, I hear from men, she's upset with me for no reason. There is a reason. It just wasn't communicated to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, every time I come in the house, she has an attitude. So... You don't just have those for no reason unless something's
0: wrong with you, you know? Yeah, I was going to so, say, I mean, even, even um, yes, being a mind reader, but what I find, too, is that men in particular, when their wives tell them things and explain what how they're feeling about things, men easily dismiss it for whatever reason, or they don't really listen. Um, and that might be a little bit of, it might be a little bit of, you know, women not being as direct as they need to be, because they don't want to hurt their husband's feelings, and then husbands not really listening clearly or taking it seriously. And so I can see really, I mean, it's really easy that communication would be the number one issue because you know people are cross talking. Particularly when you get kids involved. I mean, kids. Now, now you're really busy. You got kids going on. You've got your jobs, and then you're not listening to each other. I mean, I can see how how this falls apart so easily um so you so you were talking about um you know uh communication and, and whatnot in terms of intimacy what about spending time together do you feel like sometimes because life just takes hold of us i know you talk about scheduling the intimate time but what about building the feelings for the intimacy
1: well, yeah. One of the things that I love, I don't know if you're familiar with it, is tantric sex. No. Please
0: tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Do I need to take notes?
1: (laughs) And It's not intercourse. It's the feeling, spiritual aspect of it, where your spouse could walk into the room and that automatically turns you off. That's the connection that you have towards each other. And when we talk about scheduling, um, one of the things about that is it states that you're supposed to have that room in your house, whether your spare bedroom or whatever, that's just to come together for lovemaking. And it doesn't have to be intercourse. It could be a massage. It could be just sitting and meditating together, getting connected with each other. So when you talk about the time together, this is it's kind of like a spiritual um, body, mind without intercourse.
0: Wow, I have never heard that before. That is powerful to have a place in your house that's just for...
1: Nobody goes into that room. That's the first behind it. No kids, no friends, no nothing. That room is off limits.
0: Wow. And it can not be your bedroom?
1: It can be a bedroom, but the thing about it that makes it special is it's a place that you go to. You know, if you're able to have that space, you know how they talk about the war room, where you say you have that little prayer closet. Well, that is kind of like your prayer closet. Wow! So you can have your candles, your s- the different scents that you like in that room, and it's only for coming together, and it's about the touch.
0: Yeah. So when people when people come to you with these problems, um, do you have a standard sort of process that you go through to kind of figure out what they need from you? And then what are some of the things that you do to help them?
1: Yeah, well, definitely the thing is I don't, I let people come to their own conclusion because basically we already kind of have an idea in our minds what we're going to do. We just need that affirmation. But I never tell them this is what you need to do. I, um, I do an evaluation to find out what the issues is, because sometimes when you're talking, it's different than when you're writing it down. Everything comes to mind while you're writing. When I'm talking, I'm babbling on because basically I'm probably upset, you know? So, I'm just. but if I take the time to write and that's what I ask them to do, write, you know, the issues, what do you end result that you want to accomplish, whether you're single, or you're married what is your end result and then based on that that's how i work with them and i just like i've had coaches that for myself that just gave me what they wanted to give me and i um think differently i'm going to give you what you need for me so i need to know what is it that you need for me that's what in my courses just like in school After I have my set things I give you, I have electives. That means what is it that you want to discuss? What is the things that you need to be changed in your life or your situation? So that's basically how I approach it.
0: So, okay, so you have have courses. You were just talking about courses. Um, Are these, do you have different courses specific to different issues that people have?
1: Yes, definitely. Because everybody don't have the same issue. If you come to me and says, oh, well, you know what? I don't, can't get an erection. The next person doesn't have that same issue. It might be, you know, how can I get connected with my spouse? You know, so you have different approaches.
0: And do you, uh, you were just talking about having this room in your house that's just there for we'll we'll call it building intimacy uh, building those connections um is that something that you recommend no matter what the issues are that are coming to you because that's just so fundamental or is would that only be in a situation where it's not physical it's actually an emotional or intimacy issue
1: you know that's one of my recommendations in the marriage because as you mentioned earlier You get busy, the children, you don't have time. So that could be your scheduling time. Hey, Monday nights or the Wednesday night, this is our meeting place. So I don't care what else is happening around me or in the house, no phone call, anything. This is what we do. So that's your schedule. Anything else other than that, I mean, of course, you're gonna have your intimacy in between, but that is just special. That's your bonding time. And it could be, if you choose once a week, twice a month, monthly, but you have to fit that in within the month. So that's you know, one of my biggest recommendations.
0: Yeah, I feel like phones, phones are probably one of the biggest interferers with uh, sexual activity in married couples since, it's probably not just married couples, it's everybody. Uh, everybody. Everyone's, so everyone's so attached to their stupid phones. It's like, put it down. You do not need your phone all the time. Uh, <laughs> and that's,
1: also, that's also a complaint because, you know, I hear couples that they go out to dinner and the other person's always looking at their phone. What is so important? We're out to dinner. Focus on me. That's another intimate time, you know? We're having dinner together. You see them out in a restaurant and every minute you're picking up your phone. You're not focused on me, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean that with a whole different conversation, but phones, are, I think that there is as they're just like any other addiction. I mean, people are just addicted um, and yeah. So I, I think one, one thing I saw on your website was that um, that sometimes pornography starts to interfere with um, a sexual relationship. Um, and I've heard sort of just in my, my travels as a divorce attorney, that kind of issue come up in marriages before. What exactly have you seen when it comes to that? And how do you fix that problem?
1: That, it's, that's an addiction. And that's more so for men than women um because a lot of women are not that much into pornography as men and i think that the man expects the women to perform as what they see not understanding half of it is not real (laughs) (laughs) half of it is actors you know actresses Mm -hmm. but the thing about it is they become so obsessed with that that they expect that same performance in the bedroom that's one thing the second thing is and a lot of women they wouldn't mind that uh, not that deep pornography but just the basic if they could invite their spouse into let's watch this together you know opposed to you're totally shut out so my recommendation would be um why don't you invite them in you know and just the simple love-making pornography versus that somebody just comes slamming you like, you know, like you're door. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a destroyer.
0: Yeah, do you, does that happen often? I mean, from your perspective, things like, you know, these, third, these uh, external sources like pornography, do, do you see that interfere with a lot of relationships?
1: It does. And the other thing is, Especially men who cannot perform. That's the way they turn to that. But guess what? The wife does not know that's the issue, but that's a derailment from explaining to you know what? I have issues with that. So that, because what happens? She gets upset because you're always watching pornography. You ignored me. And, you know, so that's a cover up for the issues with some men.
0: Yeah. That guilt and shame about, about themselves that the they, shame. that just paralyzes them and they can't go on, um, in that, in their relationship. But there are also a lot of guys are just content to just, you know, go through yeah. the motions too. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's bizarre. So let's talk about, um, cheating for a second. Cause I think cheating really is part of this, right? Um, so, Do you work with anyone where someone has committed, who has been cheating on their spouse, but now they've decided they're gonna try to work it out and the cheating was caused in part or in whole because somebody wasn't getting what they needed sexually from the relationship? I have one,
1: I have have a client that the husband was cheating,
0: moved out.
1: And after six years, they back together. They never got a divorce, but they ended up back together. So the thing is, um, and I'll tell you, that happens a lot in Caribbean culture, for some reason. A lot of Caribbeans take the vow very serious till death divorce part. <laughs> and I've noticed that a lot of Caribbeans, they don't divorce, they go their separate ways. They're living with somebody else but they rarely will get the divorce. And I, sometimes it has nothing to do with money, but I think that in that situation with my client, she just felt like what well, the husband, I think he felt neglected because she was working, trying to get herself a better job, trying to obtain her degree, taking care of the children, coming home and doing all the chores. So I think, he felt neglected and so that's why i talk about the sacred place and coming together and making time for intimacy um so he just wandered off you know but after six years they found their way back together
0: but that's amazing
1: <laughs>
0: that's amazing i mean that's that that's good i mean um you know obviously I i don't i certainly don't Advocate anyone getting divorced. It's interesting in my in my other life as a divorce attorney. I uh, you know people ask me all the time, should I get divorced? And I'm look at them and I'm like, why are you asking me this question? Um, I'm here to help you once you're getting divorced. It's like you need to be talking to someone like Beverly to see whether or not you've got something that you can salvage in your relationship and to make it a good marriage again. Um, because you know, when people get married, they love each other and then something happens over time. I mean, I'm not talking about situations where there's abuse, but like something happens over time, people like, you know, move apart from each other. And I think a lot of it's just what you've been, we've been talking about today. I think it all revolves around intimacy. And if you have that continuous intimacy throughout the relationship, it's very unlikely you're ever gonna move away from each other because that's gonna keep you connected to each other. So I almost feel like people should come and meet with you, Beverly, right after they get married, so they can see ways to kind of prevent this from happening. Have you have you worked with any Have you worked with anyone that you know kind of before it becomes a problem, or is it only when it's already a problem that they? That's
1: come why I said they come after the house burned down. But the interesting that you said they ask you and that's what i mean when i talk about the affirmation that's a sign to you that they really do not want to get divorced because if i come to my divorce lawyer ask him if you think i should that means i'm having second thought right yeah so they should never ask you do you think when they come to you i'm already prepared it's done this is what we're going to do but that they're a little sketchy about that they have outside influence and they just yeah. need you to say, "I don't think you really, uh, I don't think you really want to." So give them that little thing there.
0: Yeah, it's it, the affirmation that people need um, is is it's, it's it's a lot. And um, you know, within divorce Shield, I I work with a lot of men who are sort of in the "should I or shouldn't I get divorced" kind of mindset. And I'm so happy to meet you Beverly because I think that there's a lot of guys who I've heard talk about you know their sex life being the one like being a a particular pain point for them in their relationship and the lack of and they don't really men don't really talk about intimacy you'll see them just talk about sex life women talk a little bit more about intimacy at least but but they're all talk. we're all talking about the same thing we're just using different terms And and I'm really, you know, I think that there's a lot of marriages that could be saved if they just come spend some time with someone like you who can help them rediscover each other. I mean, is that what it's really about? Rediscovering the love that you had for each other and, you know?
1: Like you mentioned before, what happens when you first meet, you can't separate. You on the phone says nothing, right? How many times you yeah. <laughs> give me hours on no, the phone? Just listen to each other breath to the point where you get married and you're passing each other you know no respect nor anything so i just think that if people just get that therapy that counseling to bring them back to what got you here from being in love the lovey-dovey in the first place you know so yeah they they do i think that and i think that's why it's some of the Catholic church do premarital counseling but i think it's true everybody should at least do that before they get married just to avoid you know some of the pitfalls you know and the other well, thing to, go ahead
0: go ahead go ahead. No, go ahead the
1: other thing about um the two things that the ruin a marriage at um i'm doing a podcast with a friend um well not a friend but someone that I met that does income tax so the second thing besides sex is money finances is the other thing that ruins a relationship and those are things that needs to be on the forefront before you say I do because I need to know you need to know let me see your credit how do you spend money you know I might be buying all the shoes all the clothes and you might be he might be a gambler so when we come, the bills are not paid, so we need to discuss those things.
0: Yeah, sexual compatibility is so important. Um, you know, I there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, cultures <laughs> even now where um, people get married basically without having ever met each other or only have met each other, you know, shaking hands basically, and mm-hmm. um, and obviously it in, you know, in the cultures in those countries, they're not getting divorced, but because they're in the United States, they feel a little bit more comfortable getting divorced. And right. so I, I see that happen quite a bit. And so it's just so important. I always, I've always i always joke that you, you shouldn't marry somebody that you haven't lived with. Um, and lived with for a while because that you know it, that's kind of like it's kind of like test driving the car. You got you got to make sure you got to make sure that it's the right car for you. Otherwise, what are you doing to yourself? You're just setting yourself up for potential misery. And then divorce. No one wants to get divorced. It is it is the worst thing that anyone can possibly go through. So I think you're absolutely right. You gotta you gotta make sure that you're compatible because if you're not compatible at the beginning, it's not going to get any better um, you know, as you go along. That's right.
1: True. Right. And then, you know, one of, some of the other things is that when one partner makes decision without consulting with the other, that's also, you know, you find out, Oh, well you did that with my knowledge. Cause they don't understand that a marriage is us. We consult, we may not agree, but at least we're consulting with each other. You know, so
0: that's that's a big thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's that's a huge issue, and usually it revol in a lot. Well, not usually, but a lot of times it revolves around money, uh, spending money without consulting your um, spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that those are all really big issues. Now, earlier you were talking about. I think we talked about in the context of cleanliness, but uh, we were talking about uh, sometimes. You know, a man will come in, and you know it's almost like they have the right to have sex with their wife, yes. um, regardless of what's going on. Um, I I have seen that with my my female clients quite a lot, in certain and certainly in certain cultures. And um, I really wonder, from your perspective, I mean, aside from con- trying to get a man to understand that. Um, and it could be the woman that's doing this, but to try to get the man to understand that they need to, you know, listen to their wife's concerns. You know, just do the little things that will make her feel more comfortable. I mean, what can you really do if someone is, you know, that has that mentality that they almost they have the right to have sex with their wife whenever they want it?
1: that's that's, that's abuse. Nobody has the right sex, whether with your wife, whoever you with is consensual. People think that, you know, men believe that you're my wife. I can have sex with you whenever I choose. The other thing is though, there's a lot of women. And that's why I said men need to learn about women and their bodies. There's a lot of women who are very sensitive. So on cleanliness, you get infection, you know, So they need to listen. Women knows their body. So if I say to you, honey, you need to take a bath before we get intimate. That's what you need to do. And then the other thing is, if you say to them that, okay, you don't want to take a bath, you don't want to shower, whatever, then you need to use a condom. Then guess what? They get offended. Who you been with? You know, all kinds of things. They feel insulted. So communication is just your husband your partner needs to be your best friend. Just like we can tell our friends everything with no limits, some of us, that's how the person we marry needs to be in our life. Yeah. That we can talk to you. And the other thing is I notice a lot of people have respect for their friends, but in their relationship, there is no respect. The same thing you do. Can't you know, can I or can we do this? Yes, please, thank you. Those are simple things. And, and that's another thing, another thing that I find with some of my clients are saying that there's no respect. And depends on your culture, like you just mentioned, those are the things that I carry on. And that's why you talk about you have to be evenly yoked. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then the other thing is people come to their marriage and they said, oh, I give 50%. If you give 50% and I give 50%, we still don't have a whole. If you give a hundred and I give a hundred, then we have a whole marriage. You can't come with 50 and I come with 50.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't understand why you would get married if you weren't going to give it a hundred percent. In all respects, Um, I mean, we've been talking about intimacy and you know, uh, sex life and whatnot on this during this conversation. But that really, you can expand that out to so many other parts of a marriage. Um, You know, not having respect by you know not putting in the same effort as your spouse when it comes to uh, supporting the household. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things out there. Not helping raise children you know, right. not being a um, equal co-parent. You could go on and on. And I have, a, I have a suspicion that anyone who has the issues we've been talking about probably is not being a good partner in almost every other respect of the marriage anyway. Um, mm-hmm. You're not given hundred percent in one area. I don't know why you would be given hundred percent in another area. I guess you could, but.
1: It <laughs> right. <matter. laughs> As you mentioned, women, we're, we like intimacy men wants respect, right? That's good. And that's how, that's how the relationship. Because if you talk to any man, the first thing you talk about, I'm not being respected. I need to be respected. I need to feel respected. Women, we like to be cuddled and tell we're beautiful, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, so since, since the podcast is really about divorce, I do have to ask you, Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about you. You said you talk to people once the the house is on fire. So clearly the house has been demolished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been all the debris has been thrown away. Now someone's building the new house. Um, how do they make sure that house doesn't catch on fire again? What advice do you have for divorced men to you know get their groove back and actually be able to get into a new relationship and for it to be healthier this time?
1: First of all, you ha- they have to take time for themselves. That's the key. Learn about yourself. Kind of do a self-evaluation. What happened in my last marriage that caused it to end up in a divorce? And just once you do that, then my biggest thing is boundaries. Setting boundaries in the relationship. So when you get in there, you figure out what are my... I, I said, the things that I absolutely will not tolerate anymore. What are the things that I'm okay with and what is I can live with that? So you have to put those into perspective. So those, that's, that's, that's the key. Boundary, finding yourself boundaries. And then don't jump right back into relationship. Yeah. Serious so relationship. They go out with friends, find a passion. What is it that you like to do? Or you would like to do, and then once you do that, recreate yourself to that person, and then that's what you're searching for in the relationship. So once you weed out all the things that I will definitely not tolerate, X, Y, Z. So then, guess what? When I meet you, you have X, I cross it out. You have Y, I cross it out. So those are my non-negotiables in a relationship. So that's my advice to men: take your time and and it's okay. Like a lot of men, men are groomed to be strong and understand it happens. Don't beat yourself up, especially if you know that you have done your best and you that person. So and don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Dare you? know, that's my advice
0: to men. And, and I—that's all. That's all great advice, Beverly. I mean, um, the what—the one thing that you said that I can tell you for a fact is—is is probably the single best piece of advice that any man can get is to not rush into another relationship. I mean, women too, but yes. men. Men tend to have this problem um, where they, they decide they want to get divorced, but they wait until they find somebody else. So they feel that security again, and then they divorce their wife. And you know, you're just, you're, it's not like you're all of a sudden going to make different choices unless you actually consciously understand what you did wrong the first time.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's why I say, learn to be single. right cook your meal do do you for a while you know it's okay to have friends but just let them be friends and let them know i'm not looking for anything right now i have to find my peace within myself
0: it's so true i just i was just talking to an old client of mine that got divorced i think 10 years ago or so had been married for 20 years and um spent Six years traveling, just being single, being happy, and then uh, got into a relationship with somebody. And he was telling me, you know, I feel like I found my soulmate because I found myself, I was able to rediscover who I was. And, you know, I was, it was able, it allowed me to open up to somebody in a very different way than I was with my wife whenever we got married when I was young. Right. And uh, I just love hearing that. And I told him, I was like, you you need to write something about this because men need to see that this is okay. It's okay to spend time, you know, that 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 uh the book E Pray, Love. It's okay for a man to go do that too. It doesn't it doesn't have just to be a woman. Exactly. A, a man can go around and find themselves too because, you know, uh, people <laughs> get too Yeah, exactly. Uh, people get too on these gender roles. Exactly. You know what we were just talking about. Men don't want to be vulnerable they don't want to cry they don't want to anyone to not feel like they don't want to feel like they're being weak um and none of that's none of that's bad i mean it's it's horrible i'm just i wish um like i said before beverly i really wish that more people before the house was on fire um mm-hmm. really talk to you because i it sounds like you have some Excellent, excellent ideas about how to rekindle uh, romance, intimacy, um, maybe even work on uh, <laughs> the, the actual sexual part of the relationship, too. I mean, we didn't really talk about that much today, yeah, but yeah, I. Yeah, we didn't
1: into that. But yeah, no, I said to all of that. I teach them <laughs> all the. It would be to interesting to see some
0: of your exercises that you want them to do.
1: I I have a list. (laughs) Self-analysis. Why, you know, and do and give them suggestions. But between both of you, what is your comfort zone? What is the level of comfort? You know, so experiment. You only live once, and if you want that to be your life partner, do it. There's no limit.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, Beverly, if anyone wants to work with you, how would they get in touch with you and do that?
1: Okay, they can visit my website at spice or my number my, is 908-337-6989. They do you work with 99.
0: do you work with people virtually or do you do they come right, to you in
1: Right now virtually. We're living in this COVID time.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, even though, you're, even though you're in New Jersey, that means anyone in the entire country or the world could really work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is something that I suspect a lot of people who are in marriages that have these issues, and I suspect there's a lot of people out there, a lot of you have this problem. Um, there's somebody who can help you. You just have to say, I need help. And you just have to pick up the phone or go on a website and click make an appointment. Do you do you have a what What is your intake process like? Do you have a consultation with people or how do you? I have a co-
1: consultation. Okay. To, to see if we're a good fit or what the needs is. Sometimes I may need to refer them to a sex therapist. some am not a therapist, um, so that's the other option. And or else they may want a mail. I have a mail referral also you know this might people say i don't want to work with a female so i have a male and i have a sex therapist so those are covered but yeah definitely a evaluation to figure out what the needs are because sometimes like i mentioned before when we're talking i'm babbling on you know but when you sit down and you're writing it's two different things you're really your thought process into play to um what really the issue is because you have time to think while you're writing you're thinking and you're not just talking you know and then you know um as you mentioned before not all marriages is going to be saved it all depends and then you have to have a willing participant you can't save your marriage by yourself is your partner willing to work with you to save that marriage? is this, is that marriage as valuable to your partner as it is to you?
0: Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, I mean it's I mean that's really at the core that's what it's all about. Um, is you know, I always like to say it takes two to tango. you gotta have you both have to be there and um, you know and but, but then again, you know in this context if you know if you're a man or a woman and you know that this is an issue and you come they come to you and they say I need help and you say well we need to get your spouse involved and the spouse says you know screw you guys I'm not doing this I'm not going to I'm not going to do anything to help well at least then you know if that if you make the decision then to get divorced that you tried you tried to do something to uh, move on because I I firmly believe, and I suspect you do too, Beverly, I firmly believe that if you're deeply unhappy in your marriage and you've tried to make it better and your spouse isn't reciprocating, Mm -hmm. um, we only live once. Life is too short to be miserable, to not be authentic, to not live your best life. and. I really think that this is just—it's almost a, a little, a, a little a test to some degree to see whether or not your spouse even really wants to change, to even recognize there's an issue. So mm-hmm. I just think there's so much benefit from what you do. I mean, I'm really, I'm really happy to have met you because I, I really think this is right. something that, like I said before, I, I personally, I've been, I've been divorcing people a long time. Um, I have not. I hadn't even thought of this as being an option because we always just think about therapy, like traditional mm-hmm. therapy. Go see a psychologist. Go see a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. You know, go see, go see your doctor and get you know mm-hmm. pills so that you have a better erection. Whatever the case is, exactly, and, right. and not getting to the underlying issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just, I'm very happy to have talked to you today. I just think it's wonderful. Please, if anything that we've talked about today sounds like it would benefit you or you heard Beverly talking about people she helps and you're thinking, that's me. I, that is totally me. That's what's going on. You know, Go to her website, pick up the phone, call her, go check out her social media. Um, I really think that that's your first step. You know, We all have to say that first step. We have to say, I need help. You have to raise your hand and say, I need help.
1: And once you do,
0: (laughs) yeah, then the rest just falls into place. But I have
1: to say this before we go. Sometimes when you ask ask their spouse, they do not reciprocate the first time. So you can't just give up the first time, you know? So not say, oh, he doesn't want to go, okay, that's it. It takes a process because he has to sink that in. That I need to go see somebody. It's harder to drug a man to a therapy. So well, you don't know, think the first time. It's give up.
0: That is that is so true. But and Beverly, I think I mentioned this earlier in our conversation. Yeah. That goes back to, you know, particularly if it's a if it's a wife telling their husband, mm-hmm. I want you to come with me because i'm not happy with our intimacy i'm not happy with our sex life whatever the case is um you know a lot of times i find that women just aren't as specific you know like basically if you don't do this with me we're gonna have an issue in our marriage right you know like be not just say i want to go do it but if you don't do it with me there won't be any consequences like i think Everyone needs to, communication, you've talked about it several times today. You have to be specific with what you want. If you're not specific with what you want, why would you blame your spouse for not getting it? Because
1: you're not being
0: specific.
1: Right. right? So I say he's not a mind reader. Your spouse is not a mind reader. Express what you want. And a lot of people are afraid to express themselves, express their needs for whatever reason. You'll be married. There shouldn't
0: be no secrets. There shouldn't be nothing that you can't talk about, you know? Shouldn't be. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. Again, we're gonna put Beverly's information um, in the show notes. So you'll be able to um, find her really easily. Um, It was a pleasure having you on today, Beverly. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much, John, for
0: having me. This you're pleasure. welcome. All right. And to learn, you're welcome. And to learn more about divorce shield and join our free men's divorce community, where I will give you a preview. These topics come up quite a bit on the forum. <laughs> <laughs> you can visit thedivorceshield.com. All right, thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time.